Good evening, everybody. God bless you. Thank you for being here tonight. Let's be able to study some Bible. It's been a wonderful week. Been wonderful things that have happened since we last met. This is a busy week. A lot of things going on in the church. Please remember me. I have to go uh, speak at a... uh, Where am I going? Arkansas. Arkansas. And uh, I'd like to be able to do a good job. So please remember me in prayer. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 says... Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. God bless. I should ask you to stand. I'm sorry. So you can sit down. <laughs> kind of like whack-a-mole, you know. Boom, boom, boom. Say, what's he want me to do, you know? <laughs> Thank you. I, just, I have tunnel vision too often. I've walked by people and people get offended at me in the past. You, you didn't say anything to me. Didn't mean it. My wife helps me. Harold, you just walked right by people and you never even said boo to them. So, so I got a job to do here. And so uh, my, my mind is on this. Being justified by faith. Justification means to be counted righteous, to be counted righteous. And um, without boring you with a lot of <clears throat> etymology and words, and my father-in-law used to rebuke me, don't use that Greek stuff. Most people don't understand that. So I personally like it, but, uh, um, and this is Bible study. So uh, I'm going to give you something tonight that I think just may be this is probably one of the most technical things I've ever done. I think it's it's my best work on this particular subject. I've been teaching you for the last couple of weeks on the gospel according to Moses. When, when, you, when you deal with justification, I, I don't know who said it, but it's a wonderful... <clears throat> I don't know what the word. Just break that word up. Justification. One one person I read many years ago said, "Just as if I had not done it." That's what justification. I'm justified. I have been made righteous. The Bible said we are the righteousness of God in Him. I there's there's. Several different kinds of righteousness in the Bible, but our righteousness, the Bible said, is just. Filthy rags. But he's the king of righteousness. And uh, we are the righteousness of God when we get in him. Okay? And uh, when you are justified in the eyes of God, your sin has been dealt with. It's been taken care of. Just as if I didn't do it. This is why the new birth now is so important. Because... um, when you, when you get to the book of, of Genesis, there's two things there that God didn't create. 
God didn't create himself. God didn't say, let there be spirit. And he didn't say, let there be water. When you deal with orthodox rabbis, they believe that when you talk about water and spirit, that's God. So it doesn't surprise me that in the very beginning of this thing, before anything else happens, water and spirit are already there. So when you get into the new birth, and Jesus, you know, there's in John chapter 3, When I was a kid, I heard a statement that said, uh, uh, whenever the, the Baptist preacher shows up, <clears throat> make sure you hide your money. And whenever the priest shows up, make sure you hide your liquor. <clears throat> and when the Pentecostal preacher shows up, make sure you hide your daughters. And uh, crude, I understand that. Every Catholic priest is not a pedophile. Okay? It's like the word Pharisee. The word Pharisee in the Bible, it just, it, it, like doubting Thomas. It's not fair to keep calling that guy doubting Thomas. He didn't stay a doubter. Okay? He saw the resurrected Christ. Jesus said, handle me and see. What did Thomas say? My Lord and my God. So, it's a bad rap to keep calling him Doubting Thomas. It's like Pharisees. They're not all bad. The Bible said in John chapter 3, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. If you do your homework, Jesus was buried in the grave of a guy by the name of Joseph of Arimathea. But after Jesus died, you will find that Nicodemus begged for the body of Jesus. It says in John chapter 3, Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. My dad used to say, this is the first member of the CIA. I said, why? He said, because I am afraid. <laughs> he came secretly by night. But later on, he's out of the closet. He's not at night. He's begging. He's openly begging. And he is the one that made it possible for Jesus to be buried in Joseph's tomb. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was a good guy. Paul was a Pharisee. He only wrote like two-thirds of the New Testament. So don't just typecast people and they're all the same. They're not. When you study John chapter 3, um, I've, I've, I realize there's some of you here tonight that have heard this and some of you haven't. So um, I want all of you on the same. I believe there are five things that Jesus taught Nicodemus in John 3. Number one, he said, don't be amazed when I tell you, you have to be born again. Now, ladies and gentlemen, every church teaches that. Everybody teaches. You must be born again. But everybody doesn't teach the second thing that Jesus taught. 
The only way you're going to be born again is by water and spirit. There are people that don't believe water baptism is essential to salvation. There are people that don't believe, you know, about speaking in tongues and that's all of the devil and blah, 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 blah. Just um, Jesus said, if you're not born of water and spirit, here's the third thing he taught. You're never going to see the kingdom. Now, see, I just always assumed when you got baptized in the name of the Lord, filled with the Holy Spirit, you're just automatically in the club. You're just automatically in the kingdom. That's not what Jesus taught. Jesus taught, you're not even going to see it until you get baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. Then the fourth thing, got to be born of water and spirit in order to enter. So you must be born again, number one. The only way you're going to be born again is water and spirit, number two. If you aren't born again of water and spirit, you're never going to see the kingdom. You can't even see it, much less enter it. Fourth thing, you've got to be born of water and spirit in order to be able to enter what you see. Fifth thing, listen for the wind. He said, the wind, you don't know where the wind came from. You don't know where it's going. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. Now, it says in the book of Acts, the number was about 120. Could have been 118, could have been 122. But the number that's come down, 120. So when you study the book of Acts chapter 1, it mentions 11 names there. And I'm sure right behind me, Matthew's already got me. Close. In Acts chapter 1, it talks about Peter, James, John. Uh, probably, there it is, 13. Andrew is 4, Philip is 5, Thomas is 6, Bartholomew is 7. Matthew is eight, James the son of Alphaeus is nine, Simon Zelotus is ten, and Judas the brother of James is eleven. Um, James is there's lots there's several James in the Bible. This James in verse thirteen is considered the half brother of Jesus Christ. This is the guy in Acts fifteen, the first fight in the New Testament church. Uh, over racism was in Acts chapter 15. It says, and James stood up and said, you know, Peter said he's the guy that got this role and he's the guy that created all this problem. He said, all of the prophets have been prophesying about this. This James, this is interesting because Jesus is teaching one time and they said, your mother, your sisters and your brothers are without and they're calling for you. So from that, we can assume these guys did not follow Jesus. Dory. They weren't in his church. Uh, in Matthew 13, I don't know, off the top of my head, it's like 54 and 55. It said, are not these his brothers? James, Judas, or James, Joseph, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. And are not these his sisters? Plural. See, there's a teaching in... Uh, whatever, uh, orthodox, that there's the blessed, something called the blessed holy family. You got Joseph, Mary, Jesus. That's it. Not according to Matthew 13. 
And according to Matthew 13, the blessed holy family numbers at least um, uh, nine. <laughs> You've got Mary, Joseph, Jesus is three. You've got four half brothers. Now we've got seven. And his sisters, plural. So at the minimum, two. Maybe more. You ever heard the book of Jude, that little one chapter thing right before Revelation? That's the half brother of Jesus. So when you go back to Acts chapter 1, 13, these 11, Judas Iscariot is not here. There's two Judases here. Um, and uh, in fact, one of them later on, there's another disciple later in the book. It'll say Judas, not Iscariot. He wanted to know. I'm not that guy, okay? That's kind of cool. But so these are the 11 that Jesus was talking to in Matthew 28, 19. Uh, To me, 28 and 19 of Matthew is the most abused verse in the Bible. Hands down. It's done more damage to the message than any verse in the Bible. And when you study 28, 19, you just ask a question. Who is he talking to? And the answer is in verse 16, the 11 disciples. Judas Iscariot's dead. So these 11 in Matthew 28, 16 are the same 11 in Acts 1 and 13, okay? What I'm trying to show you is, let's say there's 120. I I think I can prove for sure 11 of the names, okay? Plus it says Mary was there, 12 and his brethren, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, 16. I don't know the names of Jesus' half-sisters, but I believe out of the 120, I've got, I can biblically prove the identity of at least 16 of them. I can't prove this, but I, I believe this very strongly. I'm convinced Nicodemus was number 17. And the reason I believe that it says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one place in one place in one accord. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. If for no one else than Nicodemus, verse two occurred, because I think Nicodemus is saying, this is what he told me to watch for, the wind, the wind. This, 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 message of the new birth is how we are justified today. Okay? Here's Galatians 2 and 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. So according to Romans 5 and 1, we're justified by faith, but that's not a complete sentence or a complete statement. It's, it's, it's better stated in Galatians 2 and 16. We're justified by faith in Christ Jesus. Where is your faith? Okay. So listen, this is, This is going to get technical, but you're going to have to pitch your mental tent here with me for a while. Here's Galatians 3, 6 through 8. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. 
Remember, justification means righteous. Same thing, okay? Just as if I didn't do it. Knowing that a man, or even as Abraham believed God and was counted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture, watch this verse. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached the gospel unto Abraham, saying, in thee shall all nations be blessed. Wow. Now there's at least three gospels in the Bible. There may be four, okay? For instance, when it talks about your armor in uh, that Ephesians, have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Not the gospel, the gospel of peace. It's possible that's the gospel that we're talking about because it does bring peace to us. But there's this thing that says, blessed are the peacemakers. Peace doesn't just happen. You have to make it. You have to synthesize it. You have to create it. Any bunch of kids can fight. Can you make peace? It's, it's not always easy. Um, I have, a, I have a flaw, a very deep flaw in me. We, we used to have a, a girl go to church here. She very, very educated. And um, she um, had multiple degrees in counseling. And one time, I, I forget when it was, we had a father-daughter banquet. So I invited her to go with me to the banquet. She was speechless when I asked her to come as my guest because no one had ever asked her to go to a banquet. So I, I bought her a beautiful dress and I bought her flowers and went to the place where she was living with some people and took her to the banquet. We had a grand time. Coming home and I said, look, I'm a preacher. I've given myself to studying the Bible, but You've got all this education about counseling. You could help me. I, 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 I want to, could you help me be a better counselor? And she said, well, Pastor Robin, it, it might help me if you told me what do you do when you talk to people? So I said, well, I'd sit down there and I tried my best to listen to them. My wife has rebuked me dozens of times through the years. Harold, would you just shut up and let him talk? <laughs> I said, I'll listen to what they got to say and then we make an action plan. When I said that, she starts laughing. I said, I try to think of three things that I think they should work on. Send them out. Let's go work on them. We'll come back and the first question I'm going to ask is, so how'd you do with these three things? And if they said, well, we didn't work on any of them, then I'll say there's no use in us talking anymore because you've got to work on these three things that we identified need to be dealt with. She's, oh, she's just, <laughs> she's, having a, she's having a great laugh at my expense. She said, oh, no, 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 Pastor Hoffman. She said, 
you can't tell them what to do. I said, I can't? She said, no, they'll sue you. I said, so, well, what have they taught you? You've been to all these degrees. You've been to all this counseling. What did they teach you to do? She said, well, you let them talk and you say stuff like, so how did you feel when they did that to you? <laughs> I said, you're joking, right? She said, no, 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 I'm not joking. She said, they don't want you to tell them what to do. Uh, they just want somebody to listen. And she said, uh, you know, you, you, you can't get people to, and it was like, all my life I realized I'm, I'm trying to burglarize somebody's will. <laughs> this, this thing is so amazing to me because there probably is a gospel of peace. I, I want to believe you can. I, I want to be a peacemaker. They're called the children of God. Then, when you get into Corinthians 12, it said there's another spirit, there's another Jesus, and there's another gospel. So, they got it? I love these guys, man. Paul said there's another spirit, another gospel, another, I think it says another, another Jesus. I always wondered about them. What does that mean? We don't have young children in here, do we? Not, can't see. Find me that verse, Matthew, where it says, it's in Hebrews. If anyone be without chastisement. Um, it's a crude word. I'll, I'll say illegitimate. But that's not what it's going to say here. That's a rough word right there. What is an illegitimate child? Um, It's someone that is born outside of the covenant of marriage. So let me give you a little biology lesson today on how to have a baby. In order to have a baby, the father has to provide seed And the mother has to provide a womb. And when the seed is deposited into the womb of the mother, life begins. So, that's natural. Do you know that there's a place in the book of Peter where Peter said, and we were born not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, which is the word of God. Okay? So now in the natural, there's a scripture in Corinthians 15. Uh, I, I forget, maybe 26, something like that. It says, how be it that is not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. So natural things teach spiritual truths. So in order to have a natural baby, seed from the fathers deposited in the womb of the mother. So, when you go to Hebrews chapter 12, one of the things that Hebrews 12 does is it compares two mountains. 
Sinai, and Zion. It says in Hebrews 12, we are not come unto the mount that burns with fire, nor blackness, nor darkness, nor tempest. That's Sinai in the Old Testament. And then if you would, Matthew, find me that verse that says, but we are come unto Mount Zion. Okay? So there's all these phrases. I think they're synonymous. That when you come to Mount Zion, what is Zion? That's the city of the living God. It's, here's another description of it. The heavenly Jerusalem. To an innumerable company of angels. Watch what it goes on to say now. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn. That's another name for Zion. The church. Spirits of just men made perfect. Bible said they without us are not made perfect. So with us, they are. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe we have access to the blood of Jesus today? I've taught you for years that blood's in the name. Abel, remember Abel? Cain said, His bro my brother's blood is crying out of the ground. So Abel's, vo Abel's blood had a voice. And the voice said, avenge me. Avenge me. The blood of Jesus has a voice, but it says something better than what Abel's blood said. What does the blood of Jesus say? Forgive me, not avenge me. So when I go backwards, starting with that verse, I believe we have access to the blood of Jesus right now. I believe that we have access to angels. I believe that very, very, very strongly. I believe angels have two jobs. They rest not day and night. Holy, 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 holy. I think their principal task is to magnify Jesus Christ. But it also says in the book of Hebrews, they are ministering spirits to heirs of salvation. Not just to the church, but anybody in line, you know, to possibly be in the church. I personally believe that angels cannot perform their second duty until you and I perform their first duty. In other words, I don't believe an angel is going to leave his place around the throne and allow that spot to be empty and the Lord not magnified from that position. I think that we as the church have got to say, I'll step into your role as worshiper to free you to minister. I, 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 this is, I believe that. So when we keep going backwards, do you, do you believe we have access to angels today? I do. I believe we have access to the blood of Jesus. I believe that we are the heavenly Jerusalem. Yes. We are the church. Yes. We're Zion. Yes. Okay? Yes. So when you now go to Galatians 4, I, I, it's 26 or 28. I think it's 28. It says, Jerusalem which is above. What's above? 
there. <laughs> Jerusalem, which is above, or the heavenly Jerusalem, is free, which is the mother of us all. So put it all together now. There's no one in this house that's going to doubt he's our father. Who's our mother? The church. Church. This is why this is so powerful, because in Isaiah, I want to say chapter 66, but I'm flying by the seat of my pants right now. It says, when Zion travails, children are born. We're not talking about a mountain. A mountain can't do that. But the church can. The church can travail. Paul talked about, my little children, I travail until Christ be formed in you. I think I mentioned it Sunday. I was there when my children were born. My wife was yelling. I was at prayer Monday night. I was so, it was fun to be in prayer Monday night. At the end of the first service Sunday, I asked those people, you can stay for the second service if you want, but if you have to go, before you go, I want you to worship with me and I want you to charge every molecule in this room so that when people come to second service, they'll instantly sense that and begin to worship. And that's what happened. That's what happened. Draylon started singing, praise team. People just came around the altar, boom, 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 boom. Fun. What is that? What's going on there? When Zion travails, people just get the Holy Ghost. It's just, it's not the duty of the sinner to go, oh, 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 oh. It's the duty of the church. Being born again shouldn't be this tragic, horrendous effort. It, it, it ought to be easy to be filled with the Holy Ghost in this church. But that's the duty of the church to do that before the sinner ever shows up. It doesn't say the sinner travails, it says Zion travails. And when Zion travails, children are born. Okay? All right. So now we've identified the father and we've identified the mother. So right now I am teaching the incorruptible seed of the word. It is being deposited in the womb of this church. Life. My word is spirit and life. That when, when, the, when, the, when the word, when the anointed word, I shouldn't just say word, because the letter killeth. But spirit, but when the anointed word comes into the womb of the church, something starts kicking and moving. Oh. That's why we got to be careful we don't have a miscarriage. Why well, I got to be careful we don't abort something. Do you know in the Old Testament, it said if two men strive and a woman comes with child. And while those two guys are slugging it out, one of them just goes, wham. I remember when I was like, just a kid, we had these neighbors, the Beatty family. They had this little boy. He, God love him. He just, he, he was just always in the way. 
He just always was. He was, he was a good kid, but he, he's just curious, whatever. He just wouldn't listen to nobody. I had, I had a neighbor named Chuck Boggs. Chuck Boggs had these massive shoulders. We were playing softball one time, and it was fast pitch. And I, I, it's just an ugly memory. They threw that. Chuck Boggs was up the bat. And just as that pitcher let go of that ball, that little baby kid ran in to try and catch it. And Chuck Boggs didn't see him. And so with everything he had, wham! And he just hit that kid up the side of the head. For the rest of his life, literally his, his head was twisted. It was just a, it was a, it was a, it was a horrendous thing. It was just, just the memory of it now makes me shudder. It's just, I remember that. Bible said if two men are fighting and a woman comes by carrying a baby and one of them trying to hit his opponent hits that woman and that baby is aborted, they stoned that guy to death. That's, that's how important life was in the womb of a mother. In a church. You, you pray and fast and words deposit. Got something kicking in you and somebody aborts that? Oh, Jesus. Bible said, woe unto him by whom the offense comes. It's just, you, the Bible said, don't grieve the Holy Ghost. Don't frustrate God. Don't tell me you can't shut the move of the Holy Ghost down. I've seen people kill preachers before. I saw people kill my pastor. I saw that happen. I told you Sunday, there's one way to stop a river. You just need, you need a front end loader and a lot of dirt. I was talking to a friend of mine. His name is Aaron Bounds. Pastor's a great church in Zanesville, Ohio. Pentecost has been in the Ohio Valley for 100 years. And there was a family uh, that I knew well when I was a kid, the Dunlap family. Family, Brother Stark, who's the superintendent of Ohio, married Chris Dunlap. I, I knew her brothers and sisters, and there was a bunch of them. Aaron Bounds told me Saturday, Harold, years ago, they had a harvest. And 71 members of the Dunlap family got the Holy Ghost and got baptized in one day. 71 Dunlaps got the Holy Ghost and got baptized in one day. Wow. Powerful. We had an old man. You ever heard of Hugh Rose? Hugh Rose had a daddy. His name was Harper. Harper was an educated man, but he was a godly man. And all of a sudden, that rumor started floating down the high valley. Brother Rose is fasting. Week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. Forty days that old man fasted. And then they had a harvest. It went on for a year and a half. People just coming broke the spirit of that city, the prince of that community. 
I believe in stuff like that. I really do. That's how you have a spiritual baby. The seed of the father, the word is deposited in the womb of the mother. That's how you have a a real child. Because my question is, if there's real children and there's illegitimate children, how are you going to know the difference? Because in order to have an illegitimate child, somebody in the covenant has to be unfaithful. It can't be our father because he said he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's not even the shadow of turning in him, not even the hint. So it can't be the Lord. So there's only one other option, church. The church can become involved with another spirit, another Jesus, another gospel. And they have kids. Bible calls them illegitimate. See, they, they sit on pews. They got the same mother as you do. They just have a different dad. How do you know who a real child of God is and who isn't? It's what Hebrew says. Can you be chastened? Can you be corrected? Can you be chastised? If you aren't and aren't willing to be corrected, that's what it says. That's why if you want to go up, go down. You want to be the greatest, be the least. You want to lead, serve. Every, you know, remember McDonald's, you deserve a break today. Jesus said, I'll break you. You know, if it's not broke, don't break it. Well, that's not what the word says. If it's not broke, you need to break it. Fall on him and be broken. That's what it says. Or (laughs) he falls on you and you get crushed. It'd be better if we fall on him. Be broken. You break that box. That's how that aroma fills the air. Broken people. Cracks in it. Well, we're not going to get this done. That's another gospel. John in Revelation talked about, I saw an angel flying with the everlasting gospel. What is the everlasting gospel? I, I believe it's death, burial, and resurrection. I, I believe that. And I know what you're doing out there. Okay, you said four. You've said three. What's candidate? What's behind door number two? The Bible said that Jesus preached the gospel to the poor. Isaiah 61, Luke chapter 4. It says that Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. What is the gospel of the kingdom? It's not baptism in Jesus' name, then filling the Holy Ghost. The Bible says Jesus Christ, a man approved by miracles, signs, and wonders. What, what were the keys 
that Jesus gave to Simon Peter. Oh, that was, that was, you know, about Jesus' name, baptism, and Holy Ghost. Maybe. But when you read Matthew 16, this is what it says. It's about binding and loosing. It's about freeing things that are tied up and tying things that need, that have been loose. I think this is the ministry of Jesus. Nobody got the Holy Ghost while Jesus before the cross. Obviously baptized his disciples, but nobody else. What did he do for three and a half years? He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He opened up the eyes of the blind and the ears of the deaf and, 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 See, Lazarus died, buried, rose again, but he was still bound. I've met people like that. Legitimately baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. That's why the Bible said, lay aside every weight and sin. Some things aren't sin. They're just baggage. Old bruises, old memories. Stuff that you bring into the church. Well, you know, pastor, I've always been this way. No, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. New, all things are supposed to become new. Bible said in the book of Jude, it said, I'm writing to you about the common salvation. I want you to earnestly contend for the faith that was once, once delivered to the saints. You know, there's the old thing. Well, we're all on different roads, but we're all going to get the same destination in the end. No, we're not. Because the book of Ephesians 4 says there's one Lord. There's one faith. There's one baptism. There's one Father. There's one gospel. I didn't say that. It's in the Bible. It's in red. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not and consequently isn't baptized, Jesus said they're damned. I didn't say that. Sounds pretty, pretty strong to me. Peter one time said, the like figure we're into baptism, death now also save us. Don't ever let anybody tell you that water baptism in the name of the Lord is an option. Don't let ever let anyone tell you being filled with this. Oh, you just have, have to have faith. Now other stuff's nice to have. That's kind of like the difference between, you know, I, I, I would go to Mexico in February and I, I, sometimes I rent a car, not all the time. I, I rent the cheapest piece of junk car you could ever imagine. It's always three on the floor. I forgot the beauty of power windows. I mean, I have been in Mexico going, uh, 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 uh. last year, mother came. So needed, Ashley said, dad, don't buy a, get a piece of junk for grandma. I want air conditioning. Dad, you got that? So I said, I got automatic air conditioning, power windows. Nice stuff, man. There are people that would like to tell you this other stuff is just, it's, 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 it's not standard equipment. It's just an option you can have if you want. But, but all you have to have is faith in Jesus Christ. 
That's why the Bible said, show me your faith without works and I'll show you my faith with my works. Was not Rahab the harlot justified by faith when she spared them spies? Was not Abraham justified by faith when he offered Isaac? This is not just a mental thing. Something has to be done. Okay? And so those are the four gospels. All right? I, it's, possible, it's possible there's a gospel of peace. Thank God for peacemakers in the world and in the church. Boy, do we need them now. There's more fussing and fighting going on now than ever before. I, uh, I forget where. I do it all the time. I got it from Jerry Clower. You know, a lady starts to open the door for me and I go, oh, no, 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 no. My ancestors will come out of the grave and haunt me. You go before me. I think there's another gospel. That produces illegitimate, unteachable saints. Because when you read the book of Jude, he's not writing to the world. He's writing to the church. And he talks about spots in your feast of charity. I've never done it, but I'd I'd like to teach a message on spots one time. Because he said, I'm coming back for a glorious church without spots. Jude talked about spots in your feast of charity. He said they're clouds without water. He talks about these have not the spirit. Acts is apostles because all of Acts is spirit filled. Jude is the book of the apostates. These have not the spirit. I am not a perfect man. I get it. But ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to get anything done here fighting. It's not going to happen. We're going to have to do everything we can. I'm sorry I was wrong. Can you forgive me? Find a place of peace. See, David can't build a church. David's too bloody. Solomon, you know what the name Solomon means? Peaceful one. You can only build a church with Solomon. That's why, not just in the next two years, but for goodness sakes, for the rest of time, guard and protect the peace that's in this church. Because we're not going to build anything if there's strife. And, and, and I don't want people going to this church and being lost. And that's what Jude is doing. I, I'm, I'm reminding you. I want you to contend for that, that faith that was once delivered to the saints. You need to fight for that. You need to pray for that. You need to intercede for that. You need to protect that. This fascinates me because it said the gospel was preached unto Abraham. So there's at least four gospels, you know. You got a gospel of peace. You have another gospel. You have the gospel of the kingdom, which I think is ministry of deliverance and healing. And you have the gospel of salvation. I think that's what it's talking about. But my question is, when was the gospel preached to Abraham? Listen to this verse. It's in John 8 and 56. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it. 
and was glad. <laughs> One time they kept saying, we're Abraham's kids. Who are you? And he said, if Abraham really was your father, you'd know who I am. Because he, re- he saw my day and rejoiced in it. That's, that's, that's powerful stuff, ladies and gentlemen. And, and, and here's John 8, 39 and 40. And they answered and said, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. They wanted to kill Jesus. Jesus said, Abraham didn't do that. Do what? Kill the Messiah. Abraham had an opportunity to take the life of Isaac and God intervened. That's, watch, that's Genesis 12. That's the first mention of Abraham's faith. Okay? 12, 1 and 3. Now the Lord said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country, from thy father's kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. I will make of thee a great nation. Watch, I will bless thee, I'll make thy name great, thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee, curse him that curseth thee. Watch, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. It says in Galatians 3 and 8, And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached the gospel unto Abraham saying, in thee shall all nations be blessed. So I ask you a question. Have we been blessed because of Abraham? Ever wore a pair of jeans? Let me give you a little revelation about jeans. Levi Strauss. A Jew. You ever heard of polio? Not for a long time you haven't. I'll tell you why. Jonas Salk. Ever seen a movie? Ever seen that lion? The film studio of Goldwyn Mayer, Samuel Goodwin, Goldwyn, and Louis B. Mayer. Ever heard of Kirk Douglas, Barbara Streisand? Ever heard of E2, You Need to Call Home, Steven Spielberg? Have you ever heard of Groucho Marx? You like baseball? You ever heard of Sandy Koufax? How about Hank Greenberg? Have you ever heard something that goes like this? Energy equals mass times velocity square. E equals MC to the second power. Came from a guy named Albert Einstein, a Jew. Niels Bohr and his quantum theory. You ever like magic? A Detroit boy by the name of Harry Houdini. Good Jewish boy. You like music? Ever heard of Bob Dylan? How about Leonard Bernstein? Have you ever sung the song, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas? You can thank Irving Berlin for that one. Have you ever owned a teddy bear? Have you ever gone to the dollar store and bought a box of Mike and Ikes? I can go on and on. The ballpoint pen, the word processor, 
mobile phones, video games. Did you ever Google anything? Then Larry Page, a Jew, has influenced your life. That's the secular. I can go on and on and on and on about how that little country has blessed the world. Medicine, entertainment, music, sports. Amazing. All of that pales in comparison to the spiritual blessings we have in this world because of Abraham. In thee shall all the nations of the world be blessed. Why was he counted right? Listen, this is Genesis. Remember, I read 12, okay? This is Genesis 15 and verse 6. And he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. This is what I was talking about in Galatians 3 and Romans 5. Abraham was counted righteous. When was he counted righteous? Not in Genesis 12. He's counted righteous now in 15. Something has happened right before this. That now he's counted righteous. He's justified. Something's been cleared out of his life. And so my question is, what in the world was it? You just have to go to chapter 14. In chapter 14, Abraham meets this curious man by the name of Melchizedek. Now, there are people that believe in something called a theophany. A theophany is a brief appearance of God for a short amount of time. Many people believe Melchizedek is a theophany. I I just can't do it because of that scripture that said, this is my only begotten son. I think the only time God ever took on flesh was in Jesus Christ. I'm convinced that this guy, Melchizedek, was a priest. A priest. He's a man, but he's a very special man. Because in the Old Testament, the priesthood came from Levi. But if you study the book of Hebrews, chapter 7, it it, it just says, we're not really sure where this guy came from. Uh, When they came back, From captivity, the Bible talks about they did their best because all their records had been destroyed and they're doing their best from memory to remember who were the Levitical families. And if you couldn't find your name on that list, I'm sorry, you weren't included. However, this this Melchizedek is a very, very special guy. I am convinced he is without a doubt. I've always believed Joseph was the best example of Jesus in the Old Testament. But this Melchizedek guy is running a close second. And even though Abraham is considered the father of the faithful, Abraham pays tithes to Melchizedek. And that's why when you study Psalms, uh, off the top of my head is Psalms 110. But when it refers to Jesus in Hebrews, it says, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Jesus was not from the tribe of Levi. He was from the tribe of Judah. So by Levitical law, he's not allowed to be a priest or he's greater than they ever were. Which you and I know is the case. Abraham 
meets Melchizedek. And the Bible said Melchizedek gave him bread and wine. This is the sacraments of the new covenant. This is what Jesus did at the last supper. Break that bread. This is my body. Drink this. This is my blood. I'm convinced that's it. I'm convinced that's where the gospel is introduced to Abraham in the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 14. And this is more than just a simple ceremony that he went through. Jesus said, he saw my day. He saw Calvary. He saw the, 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 the price that was paid. This is a crime to try and do this in one night. Why was it that the specific act of Abraham offering Isaac upon the altar caused the Lord to now declare him righteous? He believed that he could kill that boy. And it says in Hebrews, believing that God could give him back to him. Raise him up. Believe, see, it's a burnt offering. I, 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 years ago, I went through all time with Leviticus chapter one, the burnt offering. You've got to cut that thing apart. I, I, I've, I've gutted a lot of deer through the years. I, I remember my dad gutting a rabbit one time. I just, I was always fascinated with that. My daddy goes, ooh, how can you do that? I just... Wanted to see what was in there, you know. I remember one of Mina's boys, I think it was Taiki. Taiki, what would you like to have today? I want deer gut soup. Get a hold of Pastor, we need some deer guts. I need, I want deer gut soup. <laughs> I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, you stick that knife in there and you pull that cavity open and that gas comes out and that's coppery taste of blood is in your mouth. To take your boy and to cut that boy into pieces and to take things out of his cavity and you can't offer that on the altar. You lay that thing precisely on there. Put a fire under that thing and burn that thing up until there's nothing left. I was in India years ago. Mother Teresa was there. I went to her convent. They had these wagons. They would go down the street in Calcutta every morning and pick up the dead that had died on the sidewalk through the night. I still remember them taking those bodies and putting them on that, those stacks of logs and throwing this kind of like butter. It's called ghee. Threw it on there and lit that thing up. All there was was ashes. They throw them ashes in the Ganges River and then people would bathe in it and drink in it. He literally believed that just as God made man from the dust of the ground, he could burn that boy up and God could still take the ashes of that sacrifice and give him his boy back. <sighs> Abraham, his I'm convinced that Abraham believed Isaac was the Messiah. 
Listen to this verse. This is Hebrews 4, 1 and 2. I've showed you about Abraham. He knew about Jesus. What about Moses? Hebrews 4, 1 through 2. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. The message of the gospel was preached in vain. It did not profit them because they didn't believe it. Look at verse 6. And to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. You're talking about those people that got delivered from Egypt. They got out, but they never got in. How in the world did Moses know the gospel? Listen, this is Hebrews 11. By faith, Moses, when he came to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Watch. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, not God, not law, the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect under the recompense of reward. And it goes on to say, he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now, if you've been in this church for any length of time, you know, I've said this to you dozens and dozens and dozens of times. There's only one legal liquid that can deal with sin, and that's blood. A spirit doesn't have a body, so it doesn't have blood. If God remains in spirit form, he can't redeem any of us. God took on flesh. And that incarnation of God in flesh gives us the saving name of our God, Jesus. Jesus Christ, Christos, the anointed one, the Messiah. Watch. Moses, esteeming the reproach of Christ. What is that? That's nails, man. That's a spear in the side. Jesus, you read that account in the beginning. I'm going to curse the ground and it's going to produce thistles and thorns. Jesus took the curse. Turned it into a crown. Shoved it on his head. Spit on him. That's reproach. Moses saw that. How can a servant be greater than his Lord? How could you walk away from Egypt? All you got to do is shut up and you're going to be Pharaoh. I'm not an Egyptian. Why? I had a revelation. My God is coming to redeem this world in flesh. I saw what he's going to go through. I'm willing to go through reproach as well because I endured because I saw something that was invisible. No wonder Paul said, we look at things which are not seen. Watch. John 5. Moses 
wrote about the coming of Christ. Do not think I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom you trust. For had you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote about me. And if you believe not his writings, how are you going to believe my words? Is there's, if there's two people that are big deals to Jews, it's Abraham and Moses. Jesus told him, Abraham saw my day and was glad. Jesus said, Moses wrote about me. <laughs> Here's Acts 3 and 18. By the mouth of all his holy prophets that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. There's 40 people in the Bible known as prophets. Every one of them. Here's Acts. Uh, I think uh, this, I don't know which chapter this is, Matthew. It may be three. Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins shall be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heavens must receive until the time of restitution of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after as many as have spoken have likewise. For Jesus said, every one of these guys was talking about me. You are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. The seed is Jesus Christ. Since the beginning, the gospel's been preached. This is a Moses thing. This is all the way back in the beginning. Here's Acts. I got to. What about David? I showed you Abraham. I showed you Moses. Here's Acts 2. Men and brethren, let me speak freely unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on the throne. He, seeing this, before spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Study your Bible. Resurrection, going to the New Jerusalem, this is, this is a New Testament concept. But when the child that, that, that Bathsheba gave birth to that died, it, it, it crushed David. But this is what David said when they, they were afraid to tell him. Finally, they told him, I'm sorry, sire. 
Babies did. This is what David said. Watch. The child can't come to me, but I can go to the child. That's a New Testament concept. But David saw that all the way back there. To him, this is Peter at Cornelius' house. To him, give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Maybe that's why it says in Acts 17, this Jesus is the Christ. Some of you have heard this, but some of you haven't. It was so powerful when it happened to me. I'm going to share it with you if you've never heard it. So we go to Genesis 5, and I was studying um, Methuselah. Studying Methuselah. Methuselah is two Hebrew words, Mothshalak. His name literally means when I die, it shall come. I've done it. I don't want to reinvent the wheel here. Methuselah lived 969 years. Bible said the flood came in the 600th year of Noah's life. So you, you add what went on before Noah. And you realize 969 years after he was born was the same 600th year of Noah's life. In other words, Methuselah's name means when I die, it's coming. And when he died, it came. The flood. So when I saw that, I said, my God, look at the prophecy that's in the name Methuselah. So I went back to Genesis and I started with Adam. And go, 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 just, you'll have to scroll down through there, Matthew. Does anybody know what the name Adam means? Hmm? Means man. What about Seth? Seth. What does his name mean? Appointed. Appointed. Look, look at the next one. Enos means mortal. Okay? Go, go to the next one. It's just Canaan. Sorrow. What's the next one? Mahalaleel. It means blessed God. What's Mahalaleel's boy's name? It means shall come down. What's his boy's name? Do you have any know? Enoch. You know what the name Enoch means? Teaching. All right? What's Enoch's boy's name? All right, Methuselah, his death shall bring. What's Methuselah's boy's name? Lamech, despairing. Who was Lamech's boy? Noah. You know what the word Noah means? Rest. Put it together. Man is appointed to mortal sorrow, but the blessed God shall come down, teaching that his death shall bring the despairing rest. It's there. It's there. And it's there early. We're right. We're right. This gospel is not just a Jesus thing. It's not just a New Testament thing. It's not a book of Acts thing. That thing has been taught from the beginning. Stand. Oh, Lord Jesus. I magnify you this night. I thank you for the richness of your word.
And I thank you, God, for Abraham looking forward and Moses looking forward and David looking forward. But I'm on the other side of the cross and I can look back and I have your word, not just living, but written. I'm grateful for the Bible. I'm grateful, Lord, for the truths that have been given to us to establish the fact that this is not a myth. This is not just some zephyr. This is not just some crazy guy that dreamed this up. This thing is from everlasting. This thing is from ancient times. We're a part of something amazing. We're a part of something powerful. And I want that. I'm not, I don't want to be arrogant, but I do want to be confident that this gospel that we're preaching, it's Bible. It's Bible. And Moses preached the gospel. Hallelujah. Because he saw the reproach of Christ and changed his entire life's trajectory because of the revelation that he had. (laughs) Ever heard this song? What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms. I have blessed peace with my Lord so near, leaning on the everlasting arms, leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarm, leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Come here, John. Come here. Stand right there. Face me. Now catch me, okay? Okay. (laughs) The Bible said Joseph, or rather Jacob, blessed the Lord, leaning, leaning on his staff. And the Bible said unto him that's able to keep you from falling. Lean on him. Lean on him. Lean on him. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, I magnify you. I exalt you with my life and my mouth. Let the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, my Redeemer. Amen. God bless every one of you. Thank you for listening. It's been long, but it's been good. And I thank you for the listening and appreciating the richness of the Word of God. I'm a great preacher, ladies and gentlemen. And I'll tell you why. Anybody that preaches the truth is a great preacher. Anybody that preaches the truth is a great preacher. All right. Greet one another. Show yourself kind to your brother and sister. Amen. Live the rest of this week. I'll see you on Sunday. We're going to have a great harvest and a great rejoicing time. But don't wait till Sunday. All right. God bless every one of you. Amen. Amen.